If we can here tonight, would you, uh, if you're willing, to grab the hand of somebody next to you, if you don't know them and, and you got sweaty palms, you're not okay with that, I guess, you know, lay a hand on the shoulder. Uh, but we're going to pray here tonight together, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we say thank you. Thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all that you have done in our lives. Thank you for all you are doing in our lives. Thank you that you are the God who works all things together for our good. Father, we thank you tonight that even we, when we can't see it in the invisible, you're working. And so, Father, we pray tonight that our faith would grow and that, and that what is happening tonight is our prayer life would deepen. Our understanding of what it means to commune with you would, would grow. And Father, I believe through this interaction tonight, through the times of, of instruction and the times of ask, asking questions and the times of discipleship and mentoring, God, that we all are going to leave this place tonight with a deeper prayer life. Here's what it means, Father, ultimately. This is just our communication with you. So God, right now, I thank you that you have the power to heal. We release healing, the supernatural healing power of God. Father, I thank you that, that nothing is too difficult for you. Come on, somebody. You got to believe this when you pray. Nothing is too hard for our God. And so, Lord, even tonight, I believe you are working according to our faith and according to your perfect will. But it is your will that we be healed. It is your will that we see your hand at work. So, God, tonight, I believe in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we're going to be hearing good reports in the follow-up of, of miraculous healing, miraculous deliverance, miraculous strength, miraculous power at work. And, God, I thank you. I thank you. That we're not just throwing up words in the air. I thank you that you hear us. And that you are the God that responds to the prayers of the righteous. When we pray in faith, God, you respond. To any other situation happening in our lives, unspoken prayer requests happening, thank you, God, that you already know the answer. You already know the way. You already make the provision. You are, you've already got the blessing prepared. Help us now to be obedient. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit. And let us walk let us walk right into the answer to that request, God. For your glory, your glory, Lord. We thank you. We call this all done in Jesus' mighty name. Let all God's people say amen. 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 And amen just simply means so be it. So be it. I agree. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this ain't Sunday. Let's jump right into this. You got your pen. You got your paper. You got your cell phone if you need to. You got your Bible. Let's jump right in. I want to start at Luke 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It'll be on the screen too. It says this, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray at all times. Someone say all times. Okay. Our need to pray at all times. And the King James says, and to not lose heart or to not give up. Okay. Uh, just a quick show of hands. How many of you ever, uh, you got to praying about something, you didn't see it happen, and you lost heart? You, you, you gave up. Just, we're, not, we're not condemning you. Just, this happened to us all. Okay. Here's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Listen, this is, he's teaching us, you need to pray always. Why? Because if you'll keep praying, you won't lose heart. If you keep praying, you won't give up. So he's teaching us to pray always. Now Paul grabs hold of what Jesus says, and he says this, this way in Ephesians chapter 6. And this is really kind of the, the, uh, the foundation of everything we're going to be talking about here tonight. In Ephesians 6, verse 18, Paul says this. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind... Be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Talking about prayer, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help you understand that 
We're wanting to move you from, and how do we do this? How do we move any relationship from just being a, a total stranger to being a trusted friend? How do we do that? It's very simple. It's really just simply, you have to spend time with that person. You have to make time to be with them, to get to know them, to get to understand them, to, 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 to feel what they feel, to, 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 to think the way they think, to understand the way they understand. So if we want to know God, what he loves, what he desires, what his will is, what his plan is, then we just have to make the choice. I'm going to spend time with you. I, I need to get to know you. And there are two ways. If you're taking notes, I want to make sure you write this down. The two ways, really, the two keys to deepening your relationship with God are this. Knowing his word. Notice I didn't say reading. Knowing his word and knowing how to pray. These are the two keys to deepening your relationship with God. These are the two keys to getting to know God. Knowing his word. Again, I'm going to differentiate between reading his word. Anybody can read the Bible. That doesn't mean you believe it. Knowing his word, Jesus said, it's that you will know the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. So God is saying to you tonight, I want you to know my word. That way you know what my will is. That way you know what my heart is. And then ultimately, we deepen our, our relationship with God by knowing how to pray. Here's how it says in Psalms 116. It says, I love the Lord because he hears my prayers and answers them. Because he bends down and listens. So I will pray as long as I have breath. Somebody, can somebody just, uh, just testify real quick that you prayed and God has answered at some point in time. Amen. Okay, there we go. And this is why we love him, because he hears us and he answers. So simply put, what is prayer? Here it is. Very simple. Prayer is just conversation with God. What is it? It's conversation. It's communication with God. Now, I'm not trying to, to disparage prayer or belittle it, but this is what it is on the surface. It's just I'm talking to the Father. I'm building communication with the Father. It's how it reads in Philippians 4. Paul wrote this one time, and, and any time I'm praying for most people who deal with anxiety, this is, what we, this is what we point to right here. Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Can you just do me a quick favor? Can you find somebody near you that maybe looks like they need some prayer tonight? Can you just look at them real quick? And, and what we're going to do, I want you to look at them. Just look at the person next to you. Okay, you're going to help me quote the immortal words of, of the psalmist from the early 90s. Tell them, you've got to pray just to make it today. Okay. <laughs> MC Hammer, y'all. MC Hammer. You, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. All right. Got, got to pray just to make it today. That's kind of the, the crux of everything we're going to be talking about tonight. So prayer, prayer is this. Prayer is two things. Okay. It's two things. Prayer is my invitation for God's intervention. It says my invitation for God's intervention. And prayer is this. Prayer is my acknowledgement that I have limitations. Okay. Prayer is my acknowledgement I have limitations. Okay. So again, prayer is my invitation for God's intervention. Lord, I need you. God intervene. And prayer is my acknowledgement of my own limitations. And what, I'm, what do I mean by that? I mean, I mean that, hey, I'm a human. That means I have limitations. But just because I have limitations does not mean I am limited. Come on, somebody. Because I'm not limited because I have access to the limitless one. I have access to the one who has no limitations, no restrictions. And I have access to the one who, who says of himself, nothing is too hard for me. Nothing is too hard for our God. If you were at Impact at the beginning of 2023, we, we titled this our GOAT year. 
okay? And I actually sp- spent time talking at the beginning of this year about the importance of, of prayer. And I'll tell you this again. I'll repeat this now. If this is going to be your goat year with the, with the what, two, three months we've got left, okay? If this is still going to be a goat year, then you cannot afford to be immature in your understanding and your practice of prayer. Prayer can no longer be elementary for us, is what I'm saying. It's got to get to that point where now prayer becomes something that we master. It's an area of mastery that the Spirit of God is calling us to in our prayer life. And I could ask for a show of hands right now, but how many of you could say, you know, the devil has been fighting my prayer hard, my prayer life really hard. I mean, he's been fighting me hard to keep me from praying. He's got me distracted. He's got me discouraged. He's got me despondent. He's got all these other things happening. And why does he fight our prayer life so hard? Because he knows if you'll start to mature in your prayer life, you're going to be trouble for the kingdom of darkness. So he fights that time with God, that prayer life with God. When I, when I study anything about war, one of the greatest tactics in war to actually get an advantage over your enemy is to cut off their communication lines. If I can cut the communication, the, the, my enemy can no longer communicate with its allies. Now I can divide and conquer. This is why Satan's always trying to cut into your time with God, your conversation with God. He's looking to divide and conquer. So Paul tells us this again. Give me uh, Ephesians again real quick if we can. Uh, I don't know who's Pastor Olga or uh, Karina. Thank you. Ephesians. Look at this with me again real quick. Paul tells us three things right here. He says to pray in the Spirit. Hey, what do, what do we mean by pray in the Spirit? Okay, for those of you who are, who are Pentecostal, you're Pentecostal like me, okay, we think right away, praying in tongues. And sure, absolutely, praying in tongues could absolutely be, mean to be praying in the Spirit. But it also can simply mean when the Holy Spirit begins to prompt your heart to pray about something, you better listen to the Holy Spirit and pray as he tells you to. The Holy Spirit will be the one when, you, when you're in Aldi, right, who tell you, go pray for that person. I don't want to. Yeah. And, and then give him your quarter afterwards. I don't want to. Okay? He'll be the one to prompt your heart about these things. He'll be the one when you're, when you're trying to sleep at night. He'll be the one to wake you up and be like, I want you to pray. I want you to intercede. I want you to, to call upon the name of the Lord for somebody else. And all I'm simply trying to tell you is do not quench the Spirit. So Paul says, pray in the Spirit. Pray. In the, let the Spirit of God lead you. Holy Spirit, lead me about things I need to pray about. He also says this. He says, pray on all occasions. Okay? What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that prayer must never, never be our last resort. Prayer must always be our first response. Okay? It has to be our first response. So most of us pray in difficult situations, when problems happen, when, when, when we're going through, through hard times. That's when we start to pray. But Paul says, look, you need to pray in every situation. If you're seeking a promotion, pray about it. Pray first. If you're trying to buy a house, pray about it. If, if, if you feel the need to knock that fool out who, who, who cut you off, pray first before you punch him. Amen. Okay. Pray first. If you're, if you're seeking to get in a relationship, hello, somebody. Talk to God about that man or about that woman before you try to get into relationship with, with, with said individual. Pray first. So he says, pray in all occasions. Then he finally says this. He says, pray with all kinds of prayer. Now, here's where we might hit the brakes. Wait, what? There's more than one kind of prayer? Well, that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying the reason there are all kinds of prayer is because there's all kinds of different kinds of problems in your life, and when you deal with different kinds of problems, sometimes you're going to need different kinds of prayer. I do not say this to boast, but on Sundays and today, I fast. I fast, not so I can tell you this is what I do. I fast because I need my spirit to be ready just in case a demon shows up. And Jesus said certain kind of demons only come out by prayer and fasting. So I want to be ready just in case you've got a devil and you need to get free. 
So I recognize there are different kinds of prayer. And that's what we're going to, to establish here tonight. Because I don't know about you, but I'm getting older. And in getting older, I don't want to be so old that I'm still praying the wrong kinds of prayers. And not learning how to commune with my Father the way He desires. So it is important for us to understand that we can pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. Here's what we're getting ready to do right now, okay? We've got these five different stations set up. And again, just kind of based on the number that is uh, on your name tag. Okay, you're going to go to that station. So station one will be over here with, with Reverend Devin Becker. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Rev Dev in the house. Rev Dev. Okay. Station two will be back in the back of the room there with, with Dylan, Becker. Dylan Becker. Give it up for Dylan Becker, my guy. Yes, sir. Back in this corner, and I'm going to say a lot of Beckers tonight. Back in this corner right here will be Reverend Karina Becker back in that corner. That's station three right there. Okay, station three. The only not Becker here tonight, but she kind of is because she's one of us. Miss Vidi Ortega will be right here at station four. Okay. And because she loves the spotlight, Pastor Olga will be right here on the stage of station five. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Had to do it. Had to do it. Had to. So based on the, again, the number that's on your name tag, what's going to happen tonight is we're going to empower your prayer life. We're going to give you five different modes of prayer. Not saying that's the only uh, prayers that exist, but we're going to give you five different types of prayer. And what we're, four of these prayers are, are based off an acronym, the book of Acts. Okay? The acronym uh, A is for adoration. C is for confession. The T is for thanksgiving. The S is for supplication or intercession. So those are the, the four different types of prayer you're going to be hearing out here tonight as you go to those stations. And then those of you will be joining Pastor Olga on the stage, um, she's got a ton of information about the prayer of authority. Okay? The, the, the prayer of authority. All these other four prayers you're going to learn about, are you talking to God and talking about situations to God? The prayer of authority is you telling the enemy where to get off. Okay? You're telling Satan, this is how it's going to be in Jesus' name. So there's the different kinds of prayers. We're going to have you uh, break off into groups in just a moment. And then at the end, once you finish your fifth session, wherever that is in the room, we're going to bring you right back to the, uh, the center here. And I've got one more kind of prayer I'm going to teach you at the end of the night. And we will wrap this thing up in hopefully about an hour or so. Good evening, family. This is Reverend Devin Becker. We're starting off with the prayer of adoration. All right. So... When we start here, what is the prayer of adoration? Adoration refers to a deep and profound love, respect and admiration for someone or something. It's a strong feeling of affection and reverence, often associated with worship or intense admiration. So to adore God is to worship him for who he is. In adoration, you verbalize your worship, honor, and exaltation of God. We focus on his character, his attributes, and his love rather than seeking favor or blessings. Adoration is an expression of love and trust. So adoration in prayer allows us to express your love um, and reverence for God. Just as in human relationships, which we've all experienced, expressing love and appreciation deepens a connection. The same principle applies to our relationship with God. And in Matthew 22, 37 through 38, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And we all know when we're in relationships with somebody, how much more is it when we give adoration to our spouse, to the person that we love? Because I know for myself, 
with me and my wife. Anytime she tells me, wow, you're amazing. You did a great job. There's just something that fills me up with, with the acceptance, with the love that she's pouring out on me. Just like the same thing I do with her. I make sure she's built up because I'm adoring her. I'm admiring her. I'm, I'm showing her the kind of love that she deserves. Same way with our God. We always want to be in adoration towards Jesus, towards our God for all he has done for us. So when we look at biblical foundations, Psalms 95, 6, come let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalms 99, 5, exalt the Lord, our God, and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Psalms 29, 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And in Revelations 4, 11, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they will, cre they will be created and have their being. So the verses here, then, reflect the biblical teachings on the importance of adoration. Worship and reverence as fundamental aspects of a believer's relationship with God. Adoration is seen as an expression of love. So when we look at worship now, adoration is what we will be doing around the throne for eternity. And we put this into practical application when we worship him. Just like when we come in on Sunday mornings. When we worship him, we are showing the ultimate and the highest form of adoration towards our God. When we talk about worship, we are talking about the highest form. Worship is the moment when our hearts overflow with adoration for our incredible God. It's not just singing songs. It's pouring out our deepest love, reverence, and gratitude in his presence. So imagine you step into God's presence and your heart is bursting with adoration. You can't help but kneel. You can't help but sing. You can't help but feel overwhelmed by his majesty. So worship, and write this down, is the natural response to our adoration for the Almighty. Worship is the natural response to our adoration for the Almighty. So let's look at some keys then of adoration. Number one being praise. We acknowledge God's attributes like his love, his mercy, his goodness, his glory, his wisdom, etc. Number two, being in awe of him, which is standing in wonder and reverence of God's majesty and creation. Number three, love. Expressing affection and devotion to God. And then we look at number four, surrender, which is yielding to God's will and acknowledging his sovereignty. When we come to the throne with adoration, when we come to the altar, uh, we may have had a tough week, we may have been busy, uh, but that moment of worship, when it's so sincere, it, it gets you into a place to where God can ultimately set you free from stuff. He can, he can set you apart from things that have been on your life Adoration for our God is acknowledging his worthiness, his goodness, his majesty. So when we put this then into application, okay, we're going to look at 
at some different prayers, okay? So if we're starting with a call of praise, we would normally start off with, Heavenly Father, we lift our voices in praise to you, for you are worthy of all honor and all glory. Your love and mercy shine brightly in our lives, and we rejoice in your presence. May our praise be a sweet offering to your ears, and may it resound with the joy that only you can bring in Jesus' name. That's a form of adoration, is praise to our God. Now, if we're praying about being in awe, Almighty God, we're blown away by your incredible presence. Some, some of this wording is just me um, praying to God, so it doesn't have to be your wording. But this is my personal relationship with God. Your awesomeness is off the charts. And we can't help but be amazed. Help us to live each, each day in the wonder of your glory and embrace the extraordinary life you've designed for us. In Jesus' name. Now when we talk about pouring out love for God. Heavenly Father, today we pour out our love for you with hearts overflowing. Your goodness, your grace have shaped our lives in unimaginable ways. We acknowledge your unwavering love. And thank you for every blessing. May our lives be constant offerings of gratitude and love to you, our gracious God. And then last but not least, surrender. Lord, in the midst of life's chaos, we surrender our lives to yours. We trust your divine plan and lay our worries at your feet. Take control and guide us through every storm. We surrender with faith and open hearts, knowing your way is always best in Jesus' name. Now, these are just four different prayers because when we think of adoration, there's a whole lot of stuff that comes with adoration. But in this short time, I only gave you four points. Um, basically, praise to God, being in awe of God, and then the love that we have for God and when our lives are surrendered to God. So then let's practice that real quick. So Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the life that you have given us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are great, you are mighty, you are worthy, you are exalted, God. We thank you for the goodness that you give us each and every day, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have uplifted us in, in times of stress, in, in times of abandonment, in times of loneliness, God. We thank you, Lord, that you control the whole universe in your hands, God. You are worthy of all our praise, all the honor and all the glory, now and forevermore. And we pray this all in your mighty name. Amen. All right, everybody. So we'll go ahead and get right into it just because we got a, a, a few notes here and everything. Um, all right, so this, this next one is uh, confession. Okay, so after you get done adoring God and thanking Him for that, the next part would be confession. So what is confession? To confess our sins is to agree with God, acknowledging that He is right to declare that we have what we have done is sinful, okay? And what we are wrong to desire uh, or, or do. Uh, it means uh, affirming our attention of abandoning that sin in order to follow God more faithfully, all right? So what we need to know here, uh, uh, I have four points here. So first point, 
when confessing our sins, we are agreeing with God that our sin truly is sin, okay? Uh, and that we're willing to turn from it. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And the truth is, we're all sinners, okay? We're sinners, but thank God, because it was because of him that we are saved now and that he can take that sin away from us. Uh, so there are a lot of people that uh, don't take sin seriously. And many of them want to claim to be a Christian or a follower of Christ, but refuse to accept that sin is real and therefore deny what Jesus did on the cross for them. The only one who can save us from our sin is Jesus. And the fact is, we all struggle daily with sin, okay? There, there's not a person here that doesn't struggle with that. We all do it, but uh, when, we get, when we confess our sins to God, uh, he can forgive us and help us to live right. My second point is, when confessing our sins, we ensure that we are not hiding our sin. Therefore, God will give us freedom from it. So when we don't hide our, our sins from God, that's where we get the freedom because God will give us the freedom from it. Uh, so confession frees us from the burden of holding on to our failures and allows us the freedom to make godly decisions moving forward. Unbridled from our regrets, we're freed to focus on living a godly life. So it, I understand that uh, sometimes we're, we, we feel like we feel hindered to uh, really confess what we've done. And it's like, I, I, I feel ashamed of what I've done, or um, I don't know if I can really give this to you. Uh, and, and David felt like that too. Uh, it takes humility and honesty to really recognize our weakness and confess them to God. So David said it best in Psalms 32, 3. He said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Okay, so he even felt that when he didn't confess what was going on in him, uh, when, what he did, he felt like his bones were just like tightening. He couldn't move. He couldn't breathe. He, and, and that's what, what it feels like sometimes is when you don't confess your sin, it, it restricts you. And, and it, it creates a barrier between you and God. And so, question how many times have we all done this? I mean, it happens to all of us, okay? Uh, so, uh, David recognized how much of a burden it was to confess his sins, but two verses later, it said that he acknowledged his sin uh, to God and didn't cover it up, and God forgave the guilt of his sin, okay? Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but everyone uh, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Confession is not offered to gain God's acceptance, but to remove the barrier, like I said earlier, uh, so that we can have that fellowship with God. When confessing our sins, we recognize it will take commitment and our reliance on God's power to overcome it. Again, when confessing our sin, we recognize it will take commitment and our reliance on God's power to overcome it. True and genuine confession involves commitment to uh, not to continue sinning. Uh, we wouldn't truly be, conf uh, be confessing our sins if uh, we asked God to help take away this burden, help, help take away what we've done, and then 
in return go back and continue doing it, okay? That's, that's a temporary forgiveness that we're asking for, and that's not what God is trying to do for you, okay? He wants you to uh, come boldly, come, come genuinely saying, Lord, I need your help right now. What I'm doing, I need you to help, help me to get the strength, help me get the wisdom uh, to, to move past this, to fight this temptation. And in doing so, uh, we, want, we stay committed to making sure that we don't stay on that path, okay? Uh, let's see. Um, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that means not by our might, not by our intellect, uh, not what we do or say, uh, but by the saving grace that is Jesus and the power he holds over sin and death. All right, uh, fourth point. When confessing our sins, we should also confess what and who God says we are in Christ. Okay, this is the most important part. Because we can confess our sins, we confess our, our wrongdoings, what we've done. But the most important thing that we, that we will do is confessing who God says about us, what he says about us, okay? Uh, Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Uh, because we are a new creation, we also must have a new mindset. We have to have a new walk, a new talk. And that's because of what he has done in us. We're not the same person that we once were. When we accepted God into our heart, we said, take everything. What, what I've done, what I desired, you take it all, and I'm going to fully commit to doing your will. I'm going to walk this path with you. And I know that if I may stumble, that you are there walking with me, that you will help correct my path. And I'm not going to continue in the same old way that I was. Uh, Next scripture, uh, Romans 8, 16 through 17, says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So we confess our, we, we confess our sins to God, okay? And then we confess the word of God to ourselves, so we give everything, our burdens and everything to God, and then we confess what he says about us. Uh, so if uh, example would be, um, if you're ever here with us for our Dream Team rallies, at the end, we'll, co we'll confess that we are, we are heirs of God, that we are uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are royal priesthood, we're a chosen generation. We'll declare those uh, every single time when we're, when we're doing our creed with everybody. So I got a few examples of prayers of confession for you. Uh, so uh, one of them would be, God, I confess my sins, and I confess the truth of your word. You said that if I confess my sins, you will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Keep my heart and mind focused on you and help me to be obedient to your word. Another one, if you, because uh, sometimes we'll go even deeper, is, Father, I am struggling right now with this addiction, okay? I'm sorry for hurting you and disappointing you with my actions. Cleanse my heart and cleanse my mind from all evil. You have called me a child of the Most High, and you died so that I may live and live more abundantly. I declare that this addiction will not have a hold on me, and I ask for your strength and wisdom to fight the temptations that come against me. And the next, next thing, the most important thing when we are confessing, confess what God says to you. Lord, I confess that I am a child of God. I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen generation. I am more than a conqueror. I confess I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay? 
uh, I have a few scriptures written down uh, here for you um, just so that you can write them down. You can uh, look them up and read them later because these are some of the stuff that God says about you and that you can recall for yourself. So I got uh, John 1.12, Romans 8.28, Ephesians 1.7, John 15.16, 1 Peter 2.9, John 15, 15, and then uh, Romans 8, 37. So these are just a few scriptures that you can look up. There's plenty more, but these are just something that you can look up uh, that God is, God is saying who you are in Him. Karina, if I haven't met you yet, but I think I've met mostly everybody here. Hello. Thank you um, for joining me today. So um, we are going to be covering the prayer of Thanksgiving. So what even is the prayer of Thanksgiving? Why are we learning about it? <laughs> so Thanksgiving um, is typically what we're doing is appreciation expressed to God for particular blessings that we have received. And when we pray this prayer, it is the verbal expression of thanks arising from gratitude within our hearts. So it is the prayer that acknowledges the blessings we have received, but it doesn't stop there. Okay, we're also, this prayer also gives thanks um, for answered prayers in the lives of others. So what I mean by this is our brothers and sisters in Christ that we're praying for. Um, maybe the person in Duncan, I don't know if you guys have a good relationship with your Duncan people, but, you know, maybe, um, you know, they're like, hey, you know, can you pray for me? And the next time you go through the drive-thru, they're like, hey, Edith, uh, remember when you prayed? You know, it happened. And so we're thanking God um, for those prayers coming to pass, okay? Now, when we are praying the prayer of thanksgiving, um, the more we contemplate on who God is and the grace and mercy we have received, the more gratitude that's going to develop in our hearts, which in turn will overflow in thanksgiving to God naturally. Now, when we pray, it's always important um, to give thanks. And I'm going to tell you why. Scripture commands us to give thanks. And you're going to see this in First. Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18 and it says rejoice always praise without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus now what is the purpose of this prayer I'm going to give you five points here so the first purpose is to give honor to God this is the primary purpose of Thanksgiving it's to acknowledge that God is God and that he has supplied us with all that we have. Psalms 100 verses 3 and 4 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So that first one is to give honor to God. The second is to show our dependence on God. So when we are praying the prayer of thanksgiving, we're showing him that we are dependent on him and that we desire to stay in that humble place of dependence, of love, and of trust. And my favorite is that this 
prayer is actually going to overflow into all of the prayers you're going to learn today, um, which is pretty cool. So Thanksgiving aids are, um, it actually helps in confession, which you just left with Dylan. Um, because when we do express our thankfulness to him, our mind becomes more focused on God and therefore we do desire his forgiveness. Okay, so that's going to aid you in confession. It's also going to, Thanksgiving prayer is also going to aid you in praise because when we thank him, God begins to do a work in our heart. Okay, so that our personal gratitude overflows into praise. So the more we see how good um, God is to us, and the more we're thankful to him, the more we're going to see those good qualities of him. Okay? And what's awesome is that your entire life here on earth, God is going to continue to reveal himself to you. Okay? That's the beauty of it. Also, petitionary prayer. It's all, Thanksgiving is also going to help aid you in petitionary prayer, which you will not cover today. Um, but what I mean by this is God will not hear petitions that are not made with Thanksgiving. And you're probably like, why? The reason is, is because when we don't approach the throne with thanksgiving, we, we have the wrong motives, okay? But when we remember to praise with thanksgiving, it actually softens our hearts and gives us the right motives and the right attitude. I like to call it attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. <laughs> and it's also going to contribute to the overall purpose of prayer. And that's to establish His holiness, his kingdom, and his will. So when we are thankful, we establish a position of dependence on him and a loving relationship with him as a son or a daughter would to a father. So our thankfulness is going to keep us in a dependent family relationship with God. It's an attitude of loving gratitude where we're always working and praying to establish his holiness, his kingdom, and his will. And overall, Prayer of Thanksgiving, we're not just to pray the prayer of Thanksgiving when we feel like it. It should be always. It's an act of our will and obedience. So regardless of what's happening in your life, we're to always thank God um, for the good, always to thank Him for the difficult, always to thank Him for the unknown in our lives, um, and for you know the challenges that we face on a daily basis. We're always to thank Him for that. Now, I'm not saying approach the throne with, thank you, God, that my bills aren't paid, you know. <laughs> We're, you know, approaching the throne with, thank you, God, that you're sovereign. Thank you that you're all-knowing. Thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are my provider, um, that you love me. So we're not approaching the throne um, with the difficulty, but thanking him for who he is above it all. So I know we've all had difficult situations. Um, but what's awesome about the prayer of thanksgiving is that it allows us to say thank you in the midst of the struggle. It allows us to surrender and acknowledge our faith and an all-knowing, all-powerful God. And it's also going to alter your perspective. And this is what's so beautiful about it. When we actively pray the prayer of thanksgiving, it forces us to take the focus off of our problems and what we're dealing with. And it reveals who God really is. All right. Last scripture I'm going to give you is Hebrews 13, 15. And it says, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. 
that is the fruit of lips that gives thanks to his name. It seems backward to be like, thank you, God, that I don't know, you know, to the world, it seems backwards, but to us, it begins to reveal his goodness, right? And his grace and his mercy and that he's faithful to fulfill his promises, even though we may not know. That's where we, that's where we begin to put our dependence on him. Because it's not by our might, not by our power, but by his spirit. Amen. All right. So we have two minutes. And what I want to do is we're going to stand and we're just going to pray. Okay. Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne with thanks, um, with love and honor for you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for breath in our body. Father, we thank you for another day that we get to see your goodness, that we get to experience your peace, Father, that we get to experience your love. Father, we thank you for another day and the ability to spread the gospel, Father to save souls, Jesus. Thank you for another day of purpose in our lives. Father, I thank you um, for the friends and family around me, God. I thank you for people that you've placed in my life that love me, that support me. Father, that, that guide me. Father, that give me wisdom. And so I thank you, Lord, that you continue to bless them, that you continue to love them, that you continue to just show them your goodness. Father, I thank you for the difficulties in my life, Lord. I thank you that even though I may not know the answer, Father, that you do. Father, so I ask that you continue to give me wisdom, continue to guide me, um, continue to reveal yourself to me, continue to speak to me. Father, I thank you that you are all-knowing, that you are powerful, that you are mighty, Father, and that I never have to to go through these trial and tribulations, Father, alone. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that you are holy, that you are mighty. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that you are Jehovah Jireh. I thank you that you are Jehovah Nisi. Father, and I just thank you um, for your love, for your power, and for your grace. In your holy and precious name, amen. Welcome everybody. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Vidi and I'm going to be teaching about prayer of supplication or intercession. Again, my name is Vidi. And what is supplication? What is a prayer of supplication? Supplication means to make a request. When you request God for something you need or desire, you may also request on behalf of another person for something they need or desire, therefore making intercession on their behalf. So we're learning about prayer of supplication or intercession. So a few things that we need to know as we're making a request, pr praying a prayer of supplication. One of them is we need to know that God has made an invitation to us to make a request. So, in Jeremiah 33, 2-3 says, Thus is the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. He said, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Again, that's in Jeremiah 33, 2-3. 
And in Matthew 7, 7-8, Jesus teaches us, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. If you keep reading this passage, in the same passage, the Word gives us a description about our Heavenly Father, and, and He gives a description of our Heavenly Father as a good, giving Father. He makes a comparison between earthly parents, earthly fathers, like what father is there that if his son asks him for a, a piece of bread, gives him a rock? He's like, and makes other descriptions. And he says, like, if you being evil know how to give good things, how much more your heavenly father who is a good father, a good giving father. So, um, so he is the one who gave us an invitation to make a request, right? Another thing we need to know is uh, what is the intention or the motiva motivation of a request? In James 4.3, we are told, You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. In other words, is your request selfish? Like what you're asking, is it for you? In another passage, we are told, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. So the motivation? So that others will see them, right? Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. So what, what he's saying is like they think they're going to be heard because of what they're doing, right? The effort is in what they are saying. But it says, do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. In the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray he said your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread and that is in matthew 6 5 to 8 and 10 to 11 so something you need to know about the motivation of your prayer or your request is is my prayer driven by self-fulfillment or self-desire or is my request one that ultimately will bring glory and honor to God as a result because it aligns with His will? So as you're making a request, you got to, I mean, when you're beginning to pray to God, you don't have to worry about, am I saying it right? Maybe I shouldn't pray because maybe my prayer is selfish. I think with time, like Pastor was saying today, knowing His word will teach you with time whether your prayer is driven by self-motivation, self-seeking, selfish, or is it a God, God's will prayer, right? I want God's will to be done in my situation. I, got, I want God's will for my brother and sister's life. So I'm going to pray and I'm not, you know, you don't have to be self-conscious because you know that your prayer, your, the motivation of your prayer is not self-seeking or selfish, right? And the last thing we need to know when we make a prayer of supplication uh, or intercession is we need to approach God with two things, humility and with confidence. 
humility and confidence. In James 4.10, we, we are told to humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. And Jesus being our example, we are actually given a description of how Jesus prayed. So let's listen to what the scriptures describe his prayers like. He says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered a prayer of supplications and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was hurt because of his reverence. Jesus was God. Jesus was the son of God. Jesus could have come with no humility, but he taught us and he showed. He had reverence. He had humility when he, when he referred and, and prayed to God. So how beautiful is that? And that is in Hebrews 5.7. I'm going to give you Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So why do we approach God with confidence? I describe it like this, right? Every time that we come to God, our prayer of, or, of supplication, one of the things that I have, I have learned in my walk with the Lord, because I didn't grow up with the Father. Like, my earthly Father was not present in my life. So when I came to know our Lord as my Father, I didn't have confidence. I didn't know, like, if he was going to hear me, if he was going to answer me. And so having seen my husband with our children and that relationship is that since very little, since they could speak, they came to their daddy and asked for things, right? They could ask for candy, they could ask for um, shoes, or they could ask for every toy we, they saw at the store. And guess what? My husband was a good father and is a good father but he didn't give them everything they asked sometimes because they really didn't need it other times because they weren't old enough for what they were requesting they were too young like that was not an appropriate other times was because they he wanted to teach them patience knowing how to wait right but it wasn't because he wasn't a good father Something when you pray a prayer of supplication or intercession, you need to have confidence in your heart that the answer to your prayer does not determine whether God is good or not. God is good whether he answers the way that you are requesting or not. So what happens when we pray? Why is he like we read, like he knows what am I going to, what I need, what am, why am I even going to ask or, you know. The, what happens, the same thing that happens or happened when my kids came to their daddy, right? Seeing that just grew me so much with my Heavenly Father. Because when they came to their daddy for a request, guess what? They didn't always got what they wanted. But every single time he would like wrap them in his arms and just hug them and love on them. And guess what? Sometimes your prayer your supplication, your intercession may not always change the situation, but God allows you to keep coming and wants you to keep coming because He wants to wrap you in His arms. He wants you to know His love. And, what, and, and He wants you to know that He's good, whether He gives you what you're requesting or not. But you always come with confidence because guess what? He, he told us, I will show you 
He told us in Jeremiah 33, I will show you things you have not known. So when we come to him, sometimes he changes our situations and sometimes he changes us. And so this is the confidence we have. If something can give you confidence, it's one, God is good. And second, he will draw near to you. He will build you up. He will strengthen your faith. He will change you the more that you come to him. And obviously, like Pastor said and taught us in the beginning, when the more that we know our Father through his word, the more that you realize whether your prayer or your request that you're making is aligning with God's will or not. So that's something hard to, re to learn when you are new to the faith. But the more that you come to him and the more that you read his word, the more you realize his character as a, as a giving father. I have three examples of um, prayers of supplication because we wanted to make sure everybody had an idea what a prayer of supplication and a prayer of intercession. I have two intercession and one supplication. So if you want to pray with me, these are real prayers actually. Um, Lord, you have given me pastors that work diligently to help me grow and to help me know you more. I ask that you bless them in all areas of their lives, that every financial need will be met, that your peace will be rich in their home and family, that their children would walk in the promises and inheritance you have bestowed on them. Let their marriage be strong, rich, and beautiful. May their cup overflow abundantly, always, in Jesus' name. And another prayer is, Lord, thank you for being our provider. In this season of our lives, we need direction to know what is the next step. We want to continue honoring you with our lives, our time, and our resources. Show us how to best balance all these blessings, or show us if we need to uh, seek another door. In Jesus' name. And the last one, Lord, my friend has come so far in her walk with you. Thank you for the work you have done in this season. She faces so many challenges. I ask that you would strengthen her faith, that your right hand will sustain her. Help her not give up doing the right thing, because at the right time, she will reap a beautiful harvest. Be her strong tower and her warrior. In Jesus' name, amen. So these are real prayers, like real needs. So you just join me in supplication for, for a personal prayer and also for our pastors. So you can pray for your pastors, you can pray for your family, your friends, prayers of supplication. So thank you for being with me. God bless you guys. Keep enjoying. My name is Olga Becker and I'm talking about spiritual warfare, the prayers of authority. Spiritual warfare, prayers of authority, the, the authority and the power that you have in Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. So the first question that we're going to answer is, what is spiritual warfare? What is spiritual warfare? And we're going to go straight to the Bible for that answer. We're going to go to Ephesians 6, and you can write down Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, verses 10 through 18, and I'll read them with you. And we're going to get the answers right from the Bible. What is spiritual warfare? Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so, when, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And there's my first answer. What is spiritual warfare? It's the devil's schemes, the attacks that come at you. 
Verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. That's our next answer. The powers of the dark world, spiritual warfare. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual realm. Verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. And verse, verse 14 through 17 goes on and talk about the belt of truth, the plate of righteousness. I would really encourage you guys to go through and just study that for yourselves. Um, talk about putting on the full armor of God. When we go to battle, what we need to overcome, we put on the full armor. And verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Um, another way, to, another um, place we're going to get our answer of what is spiritual warfare, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And I'm just setting the foundation here. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, For though we live in the world, we, are, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. That's, again, what is spiritual warfare? Every pretension that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, this is a very important scripture. I would really recommend that you guys write the scripture down, put it in your, um, in your bathroom, in your desk, by your, in, your, in your bedrooms, because the enemy always comes to us and attacks our minds. And what the scripture is teaching us is that we take every thought, if it doesn't line up with who God is, if it doesn't line up with what the word says, who we are, who he is, what he teaches us, then it's lies. And those thoughts we are to take captive and make them submissive, make them obedient to God. It says we take every we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And there was a time in my life years ago where I lived in fear. Like, fear was always coming at me. And I had to always quote the scripture and be like, okay, no, 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 no. I'm taking that thought right now and I'm making it obedient to Christ. Making it obedient to God. It doesn't line up with God. There's no reason for me to be scared right now. There's no reason why fear is coming at me. Or there's, you know, there's nobody, you know, there's not a spiritual person in my, you know, whatever it is that's trying to come at you. Take those thoughts and you make them obedient to Christ. And if you have to keep quoting that to yourself every time that anything comes against you, any lies where you start thinking like, oh, I'm not worthy, or I'm not worthy of good relationships, or of living a good life, or of a good job, or, you know, I'm worthless, or people have spoke things over you. You take those thoughts, because they don't line up with what God says, they're lies, and we make them obedient to Christ. And that's how we wage war in our minds. How do I do that? You speak out loud, you speak, and you pray. And a lot of times with me, just the truth of what the Word says the Bible, I just, sometimes you just read the scriptures, you pray that over yourself, like the, there's power in that word. And so you're like, no, 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 this doesn't, I'm taking this thought and I'm giving it to you, God. It's just taking it, it's just like, and then we think about something else. Think of the goodness of God. Think of what his Bible does say. Think of what is true and not the lies. Um, spiritual warfare is very real. Sometimes it's hard to understand that a threat comes from things that are unseen, the spiritual realm. Sometimes it's, it's hard to understand that, oh, there's something coming at me, but I can't see it. But that's the spiritual realm. Um, however, God warns us that the threat of spiritual warfare is very real. And to arm ourselves with what he has given us. And he has given us power, and he's given us authority to overcome everything. First uh, Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded. First Peter 5.8. 
Be sober-minded and be watchful. Pray for discernment. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And in Ephesians 6, we read earlier, we, uh, the struggle is ultimately is spiritual. And what it comes down to, it's good versus evil. The goodness of God versus the evil. That's spiritual warfare. There is a spiritual war going on in the hearts, for the hearts of man, as the forces of evil wants to, to turn us away from God. He Basically, his scheme is he wants to separate us from God. We came to know Christ. We accepted him as Lord and Savior. We're walking his walk, beautiful walk with him. And he wants to do whatever he can to separate us from God, from our Heavenly Father. But for us who are God's children, the battle is already won as Christ overcame death with the resurrection. Now, what does warfare against us look like? Now, I'm just going to give a couple examples. It looks like a lot of things, but again, it comes down to lies. It comes to the battlefield in our mind. The, 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 the mental, God uses a lot of times our mental space to wage war against us. Um, one of his favorite tactics is to tell us lies, to speak things so convincingly that we take that as truth as opposed to God. The devil is a liar, and we have to always know that. Remember that. Worrying and fear is another way that we battle spiritual uh, warfare. One of Satan's strategies is to present to us worst-case scenarios. Have you ever been in a situation where something happens, or somebody's missing, or you can't get any, someone, your husband or your wife or your daughter, your son, to answer their phone? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what happened? What if they got in a car accident? What if they're dead? What if they're in a ditch right now? What if da-da-da-da? And then you just spiral in your thinking. Worst-case scenarios, like, that is not of God. That is not truth. You're just making up imagination. Again, we take all imagination and we make it submissive to God. If that happens, you take the moment, you're like, okay, no, 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 let me pray. If I'm worrying, let me pray, let me give it to God because it's not even true. Maybe their phone just died. And here you are thinking the worst case scenario. Again, taxes, ta tactic, tactics, I can't talk, of the enemy. Um, he uses people to worry us, to, to make us hopeless, to rob our joy. Um, he uses situations, um, you know, in the workplace, whatever. Like, we have to be vigilant, and we have to know that the enemy is doing whatever he can to distract us, to destroy us, to kill us, to basically separate us from God. And what are prayers of authority? Now, this is how we, we fight. What are, what are prayers of authority? First of all, we need to understand there's a war. When we come to know Christ, there's a target on our back. Whether we choose to engage in this war or not, it's still there. He's waging war against you, your mind, your sleep, your purpose, your destiny. Um, your family, your finances. He wants to do whatever he can to separate you from God. You are a believer. You are a follower of Christ. Therefore, you have a target on you. If you don't engage in war, you'll still be affected for it. So what are we to do? We're to be active and not passive. You have to be active and not passive. Engage in spiritual warfare with the confidence that God's power working through you is greater than any evil working against you. And that's how we wage. Engage in spiritual warfare with the confidence that God's power, that God's power working through you is greater than any evil coming against you, any evil working against you. We have to be active and not passive. Your prayers of authority will stop the attacks of the enemy. Now, what is prayer of the enemy? Really simply put, what are the prayers of the enemy? What is the prayers of authority? Prayers of authority is praying like Jesus prayed. Simplest form, praying like Jesus prayed. How did Jesus pray? Um, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. For example, when Jesus, in the story of Lazarus, 
He didn't pray like, God, if you could help me raise up Lazarus from the dead. No, no, no. He just said, Lazarus, come forth. He spoke directly to the situation and he called him out. When he cast out demons, he said, come out in Jesus' name. When he told the mountain to cast itself into the sea, he spoke directly to that mountain and he told it, cast it into the sea. Um, the lame man, when he told the lame man to get up and walk, he spoke directly to the situation and he commanded it. And that's our prayer of authority. When we pray uh, supplication, adoration, all those prayers, but in this situation, when we go to war, when we go to warfare, instead of talking to God about the things, we talk to the things about God. We say, oh, nope, you've, anxiety, you've, you've, you've messed with my daughter too long. You come out of her in Jesus' name. Like you speak directly to those things. You go to war with the authority and the power that you have in Jesus Christ. So you speak to the mountain directly. Um, be certain of your authority in prayer. Jesus has given you the authority to pray in his name and to know that he will answer your prayers according to God's will. Be confident that you can pray to usher God's power in any situation. You have to walk in that confidence, know who God is, study in the Bible, who was Jesus, how he led, how he prayed, and that's who we're supposed to emulate. That's who we're supposed to be. Um, and what are the weapons of our warfare? How do, basically, how do we do this? How do we do this? There's so many different ways to do this. Um, and every situation is different. But getting in a, in a quiet place, take your prayer needs, your prayer list, and go to prayer. Go to war. Just start praying over things. Get a, a quiet place in your house. Some people call it a prayer closet, a prayer room, whatever it is. Go in your backyard and just take your prayer and just go to war and start warring on behalf of your prayer needs. Um, praying in and specific places. Sometimes God will lead you to neighborhoods or houses or, you know, go to your mom's house and she's like, you know, has no peace or joy. Go to her house and pray things out of her house. Pray for uh, peace. Uh, be led by God. Where are he taking you? What, you know, wh where you're warring. Um, fasting. Fasting, we deny our, our flesh. We fast from things that we like. We fast from food. Um, when pastor sometimes, when he asks me to minister on a Sunday morning, man, like, I know I'm going to war. Like, there's people in this room who need, we're struggling with depression or suicide or, or whatever it is. And so I know I'm going to war, so I don't watch any TV. I don't listen to any secular music. Like, I don't let my kids listen. Like, I know I'm going to war, so you're preparing yourself for battle. So if you're going to your family's house or, like, you're dealing with a situation at work, like, prepare yourself. Prep. Uh, press fast fast and pray and get ready for battle because some things like the bible tells us that some some uh evil doesn't come out only through prayer and fasting it comes out um uh worship worship is is warfare uh praise praise is a weapon i know we sing that song like but praise is really a weapon when you're like praising god even when you don't want to or you're defeated or you're sick and you're like no god i'm still going to sing about your goodness i'm still going to declare who you are like you are warring you are battling um move in obedience to where he directs you to pray like pray that god will guide you and he will see you a new prayer that i've been praying lately is pray that god will let you see from heaven's perspective pray to see what heaven sees i want to see what's going on from heaven down. And you can pray that God would give you that. Pray that you're not in the dark, that when you walk into a room, that you don't walk in there like with blinders or in the dark, that you can walk into a room and you can discern what's going on in the spirit realm. Who's dealing with what? Who needs help? Who needs just some love? Who needs encouragement? Like you can pray that God will open up your eyes so you're never in the dark spiritually. The enemy will use even the people closest to you sometimes to rob you, kill you, you know, take your joy away. But God has given you armor to help overcome the enemy. We as children of God cannot go into war alone. This is another th tactic. Call your um, 
fellow church brothers and sisters. Call the leaders. Call your pastors. Call your sisters in Christ and be like, hey, come to war with me. Like, fast with me. Pray with me. Hey, I'm dealing with this. I've been dealing with the situation at work for a month now and it's not going away. Like, help me out. Like, in a battle, in the war, like, people don't go, you don't, you, the soldiers are not alone. Same thing happening here. We need each other and we need to um, come alongside each other. And like Jesus, when he says that we sit at his right hand, we're co-heirs with him. Like we have that same power and authority that Jesus had on earth. We have it too. And we have to walk like that. We have to act like that. And we have to think like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um which is a quick show of hands and you at least get something out of tonight. If we got something out of tonight, amen, good. That's what we want to know. Praise the Lord. Up on the screen right now is the number that you can text your email address to if you'd like uh, a copy of all of the notes from tonight. Just text your email address to that number. That's the church number right there. Uh, 630-999-5181. Uh, text us your email address and please make sure it's right because we'll send it to somebody. <laughs> Whether it's you or not, but we'll send all the notes tonight. What we're going to do here is we're going to conclude together, um, and, and thank you to all of our, our wonderful teachers here tonight. Can we just show them some love as well? Thank you for everything that was said and shared tonight. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Just give me your attention for maybe just a few more moments, and we're going to, we're going to conclude with, with, I'm going to teach you one last kind of prayer. Just as, as important as it is to speak to God, I believe it's just as important to learn to listen to God. And I know this isn't always taught in, in many denominations, but listening to God is what I want to focus on just for the next few moments. So, so when we say listen to God, well, then how does God speak to us? Okay? So uh, full candor, as, as growing up a Pentecostal boy, everyone claims God is talking to them. God told me this and God told me that. And uh, I don't know how many different, forgive me for this, but I don't know how many different women told me growing up, God told me we we're going to get married. Well, I only married one of them. Uh, um, and she didn't even say that. Praise the Lord. Uh, but but so it, in those kind of environments, I do know the Spirit of God speaks to our hearts, our minds, our, 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 our spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit does speak to us if we're willing to listen. God also speaks to us through godly counsel. This is why I want to encourage many of you, as you're making decisions and choices in life, don't make them in a vacuum. Seek godly counsel. Seek men and women of God that can talk to you, encourage you, sharpen you, correct you if necessary. God speaks to us in those ways. But I also want to, I want to make this very clear, as clear as I possibly can. God speaks the clearest to us one way, through his word. He speaks clearly through his word. The very opening of tonight, I gave you two quick points, and those points were just simply this. If you want to deepen your relationship with God, you have to know how to pray, and you have to know his word. This is how we deepen our walk with the Lord. So the more time I spend in prayer, the more time I spend in the word, the more I'm not only going to know what God wants, I'm going to hear what God wants. It's going to be clear to me. This is why Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10. He said in verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is how we know his voice, listening to his word, listening to his spirit, listening to godly counsel. So here's how we're going to close this time. I'm going to ask everyone to grab your Bible, grab your Bible app, whatever you've got. We're going to learn to listen. Now, what I mean by that is we're not going to 
clear our minds and do a new age kind of Zen thing. That's not what we're doing. Okay? Scriptures actually speak about meditating, but you know what it tells us to meditate on? Meditate on the word. Okay? I will meditate on your word day and night is what Joshua said in Joshua chapter 1. So we're not just meditating just to meditate. We're meditating on the word of God. So this is what we're going to do here together tonight. If you have your, your Bibles, your Bible app, we're going to open the word together, and we're going to listen. Now, we're not going to open up randomly. I have a specific spot we're going to open to together tonight, okay? Luke chapter 11. Luke is in the New Testament. It's one of the four gospel accounts of Jesus' life. Okay, Luke. We're going to open to Luke chapter 11. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you've got a Bible app or your, or your phone or maybe a little bit of room left on your, on your page, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read this together. I'm going to give you a few moments to listen. If God is speaking something to your heart, I want you to write that down. Write down what God is, is speaking to you as we read through Luke chapter 11 together. It's 13 verses that I'm going to read to you. If you want to follow along, and I'm reading from what is the new, uh, the new King James Version. New King James Version. And here's what it says in John chapter 11. It says, Now it came to pass, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, or when he stopped praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus said this to him. He said, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now look at verse 5. And Jesus said to them, Which of you... Uh, shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are now with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Jesus said, but I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Because of his persistence, because he wouldn't stop asking. This is what we want you to learn about your prayer life. Persist in your prayer life. Keep asking. The old acronym was PUSH. Pray until something happens, okay? Keep persisting. And then Jesus says this in verse 9. He says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, and actually the, the verb here is, is almost, it, it means more to continue to ask. For everyone who continues to ask will receive. And everyone who continues to seek will find. And to everyone who continues to knock, it will be open. For if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of the fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No, of course not. So if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, here it is, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? I'm going to take the next few moments. If you want to look that over, those 13 verses, I would just want you to write whatever God is speaking to you in this moment, whether it's about where you are personally, or your a relationship, a situation you might be in. Just take the next few moments right now. Just write what God is speaking to your heart right now. Learn to listen.
might still be writing, you might still be contemplating, and I'm not trying to interrupt that. I'm just trying to give you tools. That's what we're trying to do tonight. What the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. That's what we're trying to do tonight. Teach you how to pray. And know that you have a God who loves you. He is listening to your every plea. He is listening to your adoration. He is listening to your confession. He is listening to your thanksgiving. He is listening to your supplications. And trust me, the enemy is hearing you when you pray the prayer of authority. Amen. I'm going to pray briefly, and then I'm going to have a stand to our feet tonight. And we're actually going to close the way some of you might be used to doing. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. I'm going to have it on the screen just in case you don't know it. And it's more from a, a little more modern uh, English than probably some of us were raised to quote it in the King James. But we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer before we conclude this evening. All right? Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, firstly, we adore you. We honor you. We worship you. You are the mighty, awesome, loving, powerful God. We recognize that you are holy and there is no one beside you. Great God, from our lives tonight, we, we just say you are awesome. You are amazing. And we praise you for who you are. Who Help me right now. Let's just lift our hands to heaven and just say, God, we, I love you. I can't speak for anybody else, but I love you. I thank you for how you're working in my life. This moment of worship, we say to you, God, you are worthy of my praise, worthy of my love, worthy of my devotion. And I, I give you the adoration you deserve tonight. Now we confess, some of us, we thank you, Father, we confess any of our sins, our shortcomings, we confess our frailties and our weaknesses. We confess that we need Jesus, our Savior. We need him each and every day. We thank you that you forgive our sins and we're washed in the blood. And we don't stop at just confessing our sin. We confess who we are in Christ. We are children of the Most High God because of Jesus. We are more than overcomers because of Jesus. The enemy is under our feet because of Jesus. So we confess who we are in Christ. And we declare that we can do all things through Jesus Christ himself who gives us strength. That is our confession. Lord, we've offered up every one of our needs tonight, our, our supplications, and we've interceded on behalf of, of everyone here. So God, one more, and everyone just help me just from God, every need in this room, we thank you tonight. It is being met in your perfect timing, according to your perfect will. It is being met. Every disease is being healed. Every broken heart is being mended. Every demonic attack that's coming against us is being stopped. Everything that literally has caused us difficulty and trouble, every financial uh, shortcoming God we declare tonight that we are prosperous that we are blessed that we you are the miracle worker that you are for us and if God be for us who can be against us and we thank you God tonight thank you that's what it comes down to we thank you that you are hearing us when we pray we've made our request known unto you now we we tie it all together with thanksgiving ladies and gentlemen thanksgiving as Karina taught you is just reminding yourself what God has already done sometimes before I even ask I say thank you Lord because I know what you've done before so thank you for what you've done before and I believe you will do it again you are the faithful God you are the powerful God you are the presence God and we let the enemy know tonight, in the name of Jesus, that Satan, you have no authority in our lives. Every one of your plans are coming to an end. We declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We declare that we are children of the Most High. So de devil, when you mess with me, you're messing with my father, and you're in trouble. Satan, get out of the way. 
Every one of your attacks, every, every, every way you're fighting our family, our health, our finances, our callings, our anointing, our future, we command you in the name of Jesus, be thou removed. Get out. Get out. Get behind us where you belong. And we thank you, Lord, for that authority that we have in the name of Jesus. Father, teach us to continue to listen and hear your voice through your word. We praise you tonight. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, before we say amen, would you stand your feet with me? And can we bring that on the screen there, Karina? Matthew chapter 6. And again, depending on whether you, you knew it in Spanish or you knew it in the King James, this is how we're going to conclude tonight together. All right. Are we ready? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody praise God tonight. Amen. Amen.